And back at another edition of the Employment Hour, one 821 5900 Get a hold of Lior and the rest of the capable team. That and help at employmentlawyer.com as well. Uh, you want to uh, you want to call anytime, you can do so. You can leave a message and get a hold of his team. I want to remind you as well, severancepaycalculator.com, a very important website, which we will uh, dig a little deeper into today. Find out exactly what you wrote as far as your severance is concerned. And uh, you'll thank us, trust me, over half a million people have tried it and used it and been enlightened as to what they should be getting from uh, from the company and or employer had they been uh, been let go. But we'll get to that in a little while. Week that was is how we always start, pal. How are you? I'm doing great, John. Great. And uh, it's been a very, very busy uh, time at the office, which is wonderful. It really is wonderful. People hear the show here on uh, on the radio. People watch the TV show uh, on Global. And people want to ask questions. People want to know about their rights. And it triggers something. It reminds them of an issue. Or maybe they realize, wait a second, the, so the problem that I didn't th- I think had a solution actually has a solution. So by all means, please call me, email me, or uh, listen to the show. You'll learn a lot of things about your workplace rights. You'll be enlightened and hopefully empowered knowing yeah. that you can you cannot be taken advantage of. The law protects you, uh, and, and there's remedies to deal with all these issues. That's what we do. And, John, I always like to, to kind of uh, lead, lead with an example because mm-hmm. it's one thing for me to tell you their solutions, and it's very different for me to actually give you an example how the law came in and helped someone. So a week there was a couple of situations that came up uh, over the past few days. Uh, I got a call from a very upset uh, young lady uh, recently who uh, was the only person working in an all-male office, small office. And unfortunately, despite the fact that we're here in the 21st century and people should yeah, absolutely know better, well, apparently these guys uh, thought that they were above the law or they didn't know any better, and they, just, they treated her very badly. They were making uh, completely inappropriate comments, which I'm not going to repeat on air. They were uh, making suggestions about who she should date and what she should do in the bedroom and, you know, propositioning her supposedly jokingly. It's like Mad Men back in the day. Except that happened way back when, supposedly. This this just happened now. Ridiculous and, and, you know, completely offensive, completely inappropriate. She tried ignoring it for a while and hoping that it will stop, it will go away. Uh, and when it didn't go away, she did the only sensible thing was she went to speak to the owner of the company, mm-hmm. kind of small company, and she told him, can you help me out here? Can you please do something? This is uh, uh, something I'm very, very uncomfortable with. Well, as far as she knows, he didn't do anything more than just telling them, oh, come on, guys, behave, be nice. Uh, and nothing, nothing changed at all, at all. And in fact, over time, things got worse. She eventually got uh, completely frustrated, called me and and almost in tears, saying, what do I do? How do I manage? How do I keep working there? I don't want to leave. You know, I, I like my job, uh, but I can't take it anymore. Well, here's the thing, John. It's it's uh, wrong. And I don't need to be an employment lawyer to tell you that this is wrong and it's illegal. It's sexual harassment. Of course it is. And those types of things are inappropriate. There, There's no excuse for it. She did the right thing by trying to resolve it internally. The fact that her employer did nothing about it it's now a human rights violation. Sexual harassment is illegal. It's not allowed. The company has to deal with it. The company has to have policies, which this company didn't. Right. The company has to uh, make efforts to investigate and remedy the problems. Because nothing, none of that happened, because she was still subject to sexual harassment, this is a human rights violation. It's illegal. And not only that, because she's in this poisoned work environment, that is also a constructive dismissal by treating her badly, by making it difficult for her to continue working, the company 
essentially terminated her employment and she can leave with severance and human rights damages. So I told her, if you're going to leave there, you're going to not be without compensation. You're going to get what you're owed. They're going to be punished for what they've done. And that's how the law operates. You can't just do whatever you want. The, the days of boys will be boys are gone. It's unacceptable. And this is just one example of that. And unfortunately, John, even in this day and age, I get a lot of calls like that. one 821 5900 the number, if you haven't caught it yet, of course, or a show that happens on Global and CTV on the weekends. Check it out, Employment Hour in 30. It's right there for you to uh, check it out. And uh, you can YouTube some past episodes as well, so that's pretty cool. What else you got going on? I spoke with the uh, gentleman that was uh, working in a, uh, in a sales role for the last uh, few years. And the company decided that it's going to, you know, usually, by the way, this happens at the beginning of the year, that they're going to make some changes to the accounts. They're going to reallocate uh, accounts amongst its salespeople, realignment. There's all kinds of nice terms used by a company. Well, the reality is that the accounts that they took away and replaced with other accounts will result in this person making significantly right. less money. Because certain accounts generate more money and certain accounts are bigger or smaller or, or, uh, or you know, different products have different uh, uh, marginal rates and commission rates. So because he's a commissioned salesperson, them doing this realignment is going to result in him getting paid less money. So what I told him when he contacted me initially is that, well, I want you to actually get start getting commissions. I want you to actually wait until you actually get paid so that we can show that you're making less money. And he did that. And yep. sure enough, after waiting for about three paychecks, the money was significantly less. It was about 30%, almost 40% wow. less than what he was making before. I said, well, now it's a constructive dismissal. Now that we can show that it's not just a change in, in accounts, it results in a change in compensation, now it's, it, it's something you don't have to accept. Now we can treat that as a constructive dismissal. And exactly that's what I did this week. I, I started the proceedings for him for a constructive dismissal. So I wanted to mention that here because a lot of people get commissions and a lot of people count on that commission as a significant part of their compensation. And if the company does anything to mess with that, to change it, to reduce it, to make it more difficult to earn, that is a constructive dismissal. That is not something that they're allowed to do. And you can treat that as a termination and get severance. It happens very often. Severancepaycalculator.com, again, is that uh, website, one 821 to reach out anytime. Lots more employment hours on the way. Taking a short break. Be right back at it here on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 You want to get a hold of Lior's team or Lior himself, you can do that. If you haven't caught it yet, Employment Hour in 30 is the TV, the televised version of this show, basically 30-minute show on Global and CTV. Check that out this weekend and, uh, and have a look at that. Again, there's contact there uh, as well. Moving on, the week that was is done. Want to get on to this. And that is the process to obtaining better severance, right? Yeah, and you know, one of the hesitations that people have when they lose your job, uh, the, when they hesitate about whether they should enforce their rights is, wait a second, I don't want to be involved in, in a long legal process and an expensive right. legal process. I don't want to burn bridges with my employer. And, and because they're afraid of the process, they say, well, I'll just accept the offer. I'm not going to worry about it. Well, that is a mistake. Number one, you could be accepting pennies on the dollar, probably will be. But beyond that, the legal process itself is straightforward. It's not long. It's not complicated. It's not expensive. So we want to talk about the process. How do we actually go about improving severance so that people know not to be afraid of the legal process? Well, if we if we rewind for a sec, I'm sure severance is not the first thing on their mind when they lose their job, right? So it's the shock and awe. It isn't. And when people lose their job, uh, eight out of 10 times when they contact me, it's not because they're necessarily concerned about severance. They may be concerned, but their number one thought is, 
I'm upset about losing my job. For sure. It was wrong for me to lose my job. And I understand that. And if I lost my job, even though I did nothing wrong, I would be just as upset. And, and so would you. And so would anyone. But here's the thing. And, and you know, our regular listeners know this. A company can let you go. They are allowed to let you go, even if you've done nothing wrong. Even if you're the top person there, even if you work hardest there, they are allowed to let you go. But they have to pay you severance. Mm -hmm. That's why you hear me talk so much about severance is because that's what the law does. The law cannot make the company change their mind. The law cannot make the company make a better decision. The law can only make sure that if the company did decide to let you go, you get your severance. That's why we always talk about severance, not because uh, that's what's interesting to me. It's because that's the only thing that the law can do if you lose your job. Again, one 855 to reach out anytime. Yeah, we talk about getting severance, but it's nice if it's fair severance. That's what you're owed. That's why it's called fair. How do you go about getting it, though? Well, you know, usually the process starts when someone contacts me once I, I assess uh, their uh, entitlements, is I engage the company in a negotiation, okay? I, that's what I do. And usually that would be with a letter. And I would send a very respectful letter because I'm always mindful about not burning bridges. And I say, here's what you've offered him in severance. Here's what it actually should be, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And then I would make a proposal for resolution. And all, all, what I'm trying to do there is simply engage the company in a discussion, in a negotiation. So for them to make us an offer, we continue negotiating and resolving it. It's no different than any other negotiation you do in, in your life. Maybe you're buying a car or a house and, and you're negotiating the price. It's not any more complicated than that. And most matters can resolve on that basis without legal action, without waiting a long time, without upsetting the employer so it's, it's very simple and it's very straightforward and it's not more complicated. If I tell you, no, John, uh, I'm going to engage you in a negotiation, you'll understand what that means. It's the same thing when it comes to your employer. If you've been offered less, and by the way, over 90% of people are offered yep. a lot less than what they're owed, we'll engage your employer in a negotiation. And in the vast majority of cases, we can resolve it very quickly, usually within a few weeks. How, uh, how common is it for somebody or someone to lose their job and go out? We know they're not going to get the right severance. We know that already. But how common is it for them to go out and seek legal advice? You know, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I'd like to think that over the past six, seven years doing this show and then doing the TV show, we, we've enlightened a lot of people and we spread the word. But even, even with us having this, this micro, microphone in front of us that allows us to reach a lot of people, there's still the vast majority of people that accept severance. They don't get legal advice because they don't know any better or because they trust their employer or because they're afraid of the legal process. So still today, John, the vast majority of people, the vast majority, I don't know if it's 80 or 90%, but the vast majority of people, when they lose their job and they're stirring that severance letter, even if that severance offer is 30 cents on the dollar, will accept it, will not get legal advice, will not go to severancepaycalculator.com and end up uh, in a situation where they may not even realize it, but they lost tens of thousands of dollars. I bet a lot of them are under the misconception that they're going to end up in court each and every time, right? That's it. And, and people think, I don't want to take my employer to court. I've had people call yeah, me. Sue my employer. Can I sue I, my I've, employer? I've lost my job, but I don't want to take them to court. Well, you know, for me, court is a, a four-letter word, okay? It's a dirty word mm-hmm. because it's... To me, if I have to go to court, and I will and I do, it means something didn't work. It means almost I failed because the process that that I engage in did not succeed. And that is very, very rare. It's extremely rare that you actually have to stand in front of a judge because these matters resolve. It's not rocket science. It's not complicated. The law is very straightforward. So do you actually have to go to court? Do you you have to be in front of a judge? In the vast majority, I'm talking 99 
percent of cases. No, you don't. You're not going to be within a hundred feet of a courtroom. It's not going to happen. So don't be afraid of, of court. And in some situations, there's no other choice. That is so rare. Mm-hmm. If I handle 150 matters this year, one of them may go to court. Uh, the other 149 right. are not going to go to court. So that's how rare it is. So again, don't be afraid of the process. Help at employmenthour.com and one 821 5900 the number to reach out. Lots more Employment Hour is on the way. Hang on. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. And of course, the TV show Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV, CTV, your weekend mornings. If you haven't checked that, uh, that one out, do so. We're talking about severance, how to get it, how to obtain it, how difficult it is. Um, engaging you as an employment lawyer, what is the likelihood of success? And, and that is always the question that I get. Well, you know, if I work with you and, and you said you're going to help me, what are the chances of actually succeeding? Well, here's the thing. We're going to succeed not because I am so wonderful. Eh, I'm pretty wonderful, but that's not, not bad. Me. I'm okay. But that's not why. The reason we're going to succeed is not because of me necessarily. It's because of the law. Because if I tell you you're owed more, it means you're owed more. Right. And it's not up to the company to say, I disagree with the law. The law is the law. Okay. So if you're legally owed uh, uh, $80,000 in severance instead of the 30000 that they've offered you, then are we going to succeed getting it? Of course, because that's what you're actually owed. So the, the likelihood of resolution is extremely high. And, and to me, it's not even a question of are we going to resolve it. It's a question of how quickly are we going to resolve it and on what terms. But we're always going to be able to improve the severance if you're actually owed more. And guess what? If you're not owed more, if you're one of the very rare people that's been offered adequate severance, I'll tell you that. Say, you know, in your situation, this is a fair offer. It's a reasonable offer. So there's no need for me to mm-hmm. do anything. But if I tell you, no, this is a poor offer. You're owed more. Then guess what? You are going to get more. And it's not going to be difficult. And it's not going to be long in the vast majority of cases. So again, don't be afraid of that process. Hey, I can tell you no BS here. You've done, what, three of my family members so far? Since, since we've been working together, been very successful. Yeah, we, we have a whole department now dealing <laughs> just with right. the Skulls family. That's right. I got my uh, own mailbox and everything. Yeah, so it's great. But, but you're right. I mean, yep. it, and it's not because they're any different. It's because the law is the law. And right. if we know what the law is and how to enforce it, we'll be successful. People are listening going, okay, it sounds good. I, I'm game. I have, I have an issue I need you for. Is it going to cost me a lot? Is it an expensive process? That is always the, oh, another question that people get. Another, another reason why people may not get uh, advice is, well, is it going to cost me a lot? Right. Because you're telling me I'm owed uh, this amount of severance, but if it's going to cost me as much or more to, to pay you in legal fees, then what's the point? You're absolutely right. There would be no point whatsoever to, to hire me or any employment lawyer if the legal fees are going to exceed what you're going to get. So two things I'll say. Number one, in the vast majority of these cases, legal fees are going to be nominal in, in comparison with what you actually stand to gain. I'm talking about a situation where you're, you, know, you can stand to gain 50000 and your legal fees can be, f- f- uh, I don't know, uh, 25 times less than that. But that's one thing. But beyond that, we understand that most people, when they lose their job, they don't have a lot of money. Of course, that's why they're doing it. Because they lost their job. job. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. It's always it's going to be unfair for me to say someone you have to pay me uh, x amount per hour to enforce this. Yeah. So in vast majority of cases, what we do is we if the, if the person wants it, we work on a contingency basis. We don't charge anything, and the matter gets resolved. Then we we uh, we get paid at the end, and only if we're successful. So it's not complicated, and and you cannot lose in that situation. And again, that also tells you about the likelihood of success because I'm not a dumb guy. So if I'm going to say to you. Don't worry, you're not going to have to pay me unless I'm successful. It means that I know I'm going to be successful. Yeah, you're going to put the work in. You're yeah. going to you know. Yeah, I, I know because I'm not going to say I'm going to not get paid if I think I'm going to lose. Right. So 
because of that, you don't need to be afraid of legal fees. And the vast majority of times, there's not going to be any. And one of the things we always negotiate in every resolution is for the company to pay at least a portion, if not all, of the person's legal fees. So again, why are the, what are we being afraid of here? Nothing. Right. How about timing? If, if, if someone says, okay, it all sounds good, I'm game, uh, how long would it usually take to, to improve their severance? So, you know, it, it does depend on the case, depends on the yep. employer, and depends on what you're owed. So the, the range, you know, 90% of cases, 90%, are going to resolve within three months, okay? The majority of those are going to resolve within a few weeks, but 90% are going to resolve within three months. Now, there's going to be the, the, the 10% that are going to take longer, but 100% of cases are going to still resolve within less than a year. So, you know, for example, personal injury cases, I know you know quite a bit about that because you do the, the show with my partner, Sivan. Those types of cases, personal injury cases, can take two, three, four years to resolve yep. on average. That's a long time. That is extremely different in employment cases. It doesn't happen. I, I, I have exactly zero cases on the go right now that I started two years ago. Absolutely, I don't. And, and in fact, I don't even, wouldn't even remember them because they resolved so long ago. Right. So the most cases will resolve within a few weeks. 90% are going to resolve within three months. Again, I don't want to tie you to a legal process that's going to take years to resolve. That doesn't help you. So again, don't be afraid of the timing. Don't be afraid of the process. These matters resolve quickly. Advice for people who are A, working with, and those who are working without a lawyer to improve severance. Well, you know, the, I, I, I get questions often when I tell someone, your severance uh, offer is not good. The question I often get is, okay, well, can I do this on my own? Yeah. Can I go to the company and negotiate on my own? And, you know, uh, being honest, I'm, I'm, I say, you might. You know, you might be able to. But here's the problem. You may be dealing and often are dealing with an employer that doesn't understand their legal obligations to you, that doesn't appreciate that they owe you an extra $50,000. Right, right. So you going to them is not going to help that. You're not going to be able to educate them on your own. We need them to retain a lawyer to inform them. And that's where I come in. Once I get involved, they're going to retain a lawyer. They're going to get the proper advice that allows us to resolve it. That's number one. Number two is they may not take you seriously if you go on your own. Uh, you know, whenever I get involved, there's always an implied threat there that if we don't, if we're not reasonable, if we don't resolve it, then there may be legal action here, yep. right? So we need that extra leverage. So, and the other thing I'm very concerned about is if a person goes and negotiates on their own, is that they're going to lowball themselves. Okay. So, if I say to, if the person says, you know what, employer, I'll be reasonable, give me an extra ten thousand dollars in severance, and I'll, I'll be fine. If the company doesn't accept that, it almost makes it impossible for me then to do my job because they've already kind of set the ceiling too right, low for themselves. Right, right. So you may actually compromise your entitlement. So generally speaking, I don't actually recommend you try it on your own. You can as long as you, you do it smartly and you don't compromise your entitlements. But I haven't seen in my 15, 16 years of doing this too many people being successful on their own. We'll wrap up our chat about severance, move on to uh, working notes of termination after a short break. In the meantime, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com as well. It's the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com. You want to check out what you should be owed, the proper amount of severance. It's a simple tool called Severance Pay Calculator. Uh, dot com as well. Talking about severance, your experience, what percentage of people receive inadequate severance? Most he, of them, he asks knowingly. Yeah, he asks knowingly, exactly. Most people, John. Ninety yeah. percent of people get inadequate severance and, and, and probably even more. And and again, some people criticize me in that they say I'm I'm hard on employers. So let's let's me make it very clear. I am not saying that ninety percent of employers are trying to screw over the employee. I am not saying that at all. 
I am still saying that 90% of employers offer less severance. So how do we reconcile that? Well, a lot of those employers don't understand and don't know any right. better. They have the best of intentions. They want to be reasonable and fair, but they don't understand that someone could get four months severance even though they work for five months. And they think, well, they're owed a week. I'm a good employer. And I'm going to offer them three weeks pay, right. but that's still a lot than, less than what they're owed. So the vast majority of people are owed, uh, are owed much more severance or offered inadequate severance. And the bad part of that is that most of those people will accept it, right. not knowing any better. But again, now you've listened to us for the last 20 minutes. You know better. You should remember that. You should tell others about it. Let's bring that number of people accepting inadequate severance. Let's bring it way down. I know part of the conversation that when you talk to people about moving forward with uh, you know hiring you and getting you to work on their severance is, oh, I don't want to damage my relationship with the employer. I don't want to look like a, a DB, right? Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, no, you don't want to be a DB. And then you really don't want to damage your relationship if you can avoid it. I'm always a very big believer in, uh, in building bridges, not burning them. Yeah. And I do that in my, uh, my business life, my personal life, and I believe that everyone should do that. And I try to help my clients do that. So when I approach a company because my client got inadequate severances, I don't make stupid threats. I don't say, how dare you? I'm going to sue you. You're completely crazy and unreasonable because that's going to burn bridges. Uh, instead, what I do is I, I try to approach it professionally. And I say, you know, here's the situation. We want to resolve this amicably and quickly. Here's what we feel is reasonable. My client enjoyed working for you and wants to resolve this. And in the vast majority of cases, we all walk away as friends. We shake our hands, uh, shake hands. We resolve the matter. Com uh, we also negotiated a, a letter of reference in the vast majority of these cases. So don't be afraid of burning bridges. And the last point I'll make here is, is this. Some people also feel guilty. Say, well, you know, do I really want to get more compensation from my employer? Here's the thing. As good as I am, I am not so good that I can get you even $1 more than what the law says you should right. have. So if all I am doing and if all you're doing is getting what the law says you should have, you should never feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. The law is the law. I don't decide what it is. You don't decide what it is. If the law says you should get 24-month severance, then you should get 24-month severance, and you should never feel bad about that. I want to slide over an email in between. Robert writes in at helpandemploymenthour.com, says, I've been working at a pharmacy for over 13 years, five days a week. The owner came in one Friday recently and told me that uh, he has to reduce me to one day a week only. Can he do that? And, you know, our, our regular listeners are shaking their head no now and because they know. Of course, the employer cannot do that, not even close. That is a constructive dismissal if there ever was one. If you go from five days to one day, frankly, even if it was from five days to four days, it would still be huh. a constructive dismissal. It's still a big change. You know, reducing your pay by 75%, uh, that's, that's nonsense. Of course not. So what does he do here? Well, he can accept it, I guess, if that's what he wants. Uh, but the, the sensible thing would be to say, no, I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to treat that as a constructive dismissal and get my severance. The obvious uh, reason why you want to do that is because you don't want to take a 75% pay cut. The other reason is by accepting it, you've yep. given them the right to do it again. And there's a third reason. If you accept this and a month later they let you go, now that severance is calculated based on your 25% pay on, on your one day a week instead of your five days a week. So you would have lost tens of thousands of dollars in severance as well. So no, you can treat that as a constructive dismissal, get your severance now, and move on to a place where they're not going to do that to you. Talk about uh, working notice of termination. We hear the term all the time. We've mentioned it on the show countless times. What is it? What does it mean? So what I call working notice of termination is a situation where the company lets the person go, but rather than the person being gone now, they're going to be gone in the future. 
the company gives them advance notice. So, uh, employee, we're telling you today that six months from now on date X, you're, you're going to be uh, unemployed. Uh, but until then, things continue as normal. You're going to continue working. And what we want to talk about is what does that mean? Is it legal? And, and how does that impact severance? There's a lot of misconceptions there. But working notice of termination does happen. I, I think it probably happens about 20, 25% of the time. So people should know what that all means. Is it legal? So it is legal. Now, the fact that it's legal doesn't mean that it's preferable. I mean, most people, if they know they're losing their job, would rather not have to come into work every day if they can avoid it. But it is legal. And some, by the way, some employers are not going to want to do that because they they may think, well, if I give Bob uh, notice of his termination, is he really going to work hard? Is he going to be a, a kind of a downer on other people in the office? So because of that, most employers don't do that, but it is legal. Employers do provide notice of termination, uh, and, and it gets interesting when it comes to severance. So we'll talk about that coming up. And uh, in the meantime, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. And if you're not caught it yet, Employment Hour in 30. Our TV show happens on Global TV and CTV uh, weekend morning. So check that out as well. Lots more Employment Hour just ahead on Global News Radio. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Write that number down. Keep it. That's how you get a hold of Lior and the team anytime. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll try to bounce over to another email or two. Uh, in between our chat about working notice of termination, we, we know it's legal. Does it count towards severance? And that's the key. And this is really where it's very important. And the answer is yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Working notice of termination counts towards your severance. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say someone is owed 12 months severance. They go to severancepaycalculator.com. They call me and I tell them, yes, given your age, position, and the length of employment, you're owed 12 months severance. Well, what happens if that person, for example, gets eight months advance notice of the termination of their employment? Okay. That person is told, you're out of a job in eight months. Well, that eight months counts towards their severance. And if they're owed 12 months severance, that means they're only going to be owed four months when their employment terminates. And that person may not be happy. So, but wait a second, I'd rather get paid, not have to work. Wouldn't we all, right? (laughs) But the reality is that if the company chooses, and it's not common, but it does happen, if the company chooses to give you advance notice of termination in writing, then that notice counts towards your severance. uh, And any severance that you get, you're still going to get at the back end, but it's going to be reduced by the amount of notice that you got. Does the employee have any option otherwise? Because you can imagine someone who's on, you know, as you say, eight months notice going, man, everybody around here knows I'm getting smoked. And it's like, I, I got to come in here every day for eight months. It's going to be an awful place to work. It is. And, and which is why we don't see that as often. Certainly not long notice like that, but it does happen. So in terms of options, the, the general rule is if you quit in the meantime, so your company gave yeah, you right. eight months notice, they were going to pay the, the difference at the end, but you quit in the meantime, then no, it's a resignation and you're not going to get severance even though the company actually gave you notice of termination. So if you quit while you're on notice of termination, you don't get severance. That said, nothing is stopping you from talking to your employer and say, you know, employer, it's not comfortable for me to continue working. You know, people know and, you know, it's, it's yeah. difficult for me to show up every day. So why don't we try to work out something else where I leave and, and we, we negotiate a different amount that you pay me? And, and that's absolutely something that's done often. There's no uh, downside to approaching your employer on that basis. And I can even help you with that. But ultimately, if the employer says, no, working notice is all I'm able to do right now. If you decide to quit still, that's absolutely your right, but then you would give up any future severance. Is there any money owed at the end of the notice period? So again, depending on how much severance the person's owed and how much notice they got. So if someone is owed eight months severance and they got eight months notice, well, they may not be owed anything uh, on the back end. 
But if they're owed 12 months notice or 18 months notice, or sorry, 18 months severance and they got eight months notice, they get the difference. So we mm-hmm. take the total amount of severance that you're owed, the total amount, we reduce from that the amount of notice right. that you got, whether it's zero notice or X amount of notice, and whatever the difference is, that's how much the company has to pay at the end. Now, one thing to remember is the company may not understand that they owe you money at the end. They may think that, no, no, eight months notice for you is enough. That's all I need to pay you. Not realizing that they potentially you can owe you another six months, eight months, 18 months pay at the back end. That's why it's so important, even if you got notice, even if you got a lot of notice of termination, to still get legal advice because you want to understand how much you're going to be owed on the back end and how much you may lose if you decide to quit in the meantime. Is there a minimum or how much you should get? Like how much notice should an employee be getting? No, there, there, there isn't any minimum, and it's usually up to the discretion of the employer. Now, remember, an employer cannot change the terms of employment during that notice. So they can't say, I'm giving you notice of termination, but in the meantime, I'm going to reduce your pay. Or in the meantime, I'm going to give you a different job or relocate you. If the company does that, that's a constructive dismissal. Right. And now you don't have to continue working. So the only time that the, the notice could be actually proper and effective, number one, it has to be in writing. Okay. Number two, is it has to have a fixed end date. So you can't say, well, we th- you're going to be out of a job at some point in the next six months. Nice. That's not good enough. You have to be on a specific date. Otherwise, that notice is not effective. Okay. And the third thing it needs to do in order to be effective is your job terms have to stay the same. Your employment terms, your compensation, your location have to stay the same. If the company does all those things, it can give as much notice as it chooses to give. What if they keep bumping it back, pushing it, pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back? So here's an example. The company tells you you're going to be gone on uh, January 1. And uh, come January 1, they say, no, we need to extend it. Now it's going to be uh, March 1. March 1 comes and say, no, no, sorry, it's actually going to be April 1. And, and you, you continue working. And at some point, the company lets you go. Well, the problem is if they keep extending it, you no longer have any reason to believe that this time they actually mean it. Right. Because in the past, they've shown that they've changed their mind. So because of that, the notice becomes ineffective. Usually once the company extends it by more than two times, extends the notice, they lose the ability to rely on that notice. So it's as if they never gave you notice, and at that point, you are owed severance fully as if no notice was given. So it's not a good idea for a company to extend or keep extending the end date, to kind of keep, keep pushing the, the goalpost away. They can't do that. Uh, and if they do that, they may find themselves in a situation where they lose the ability to rely on notice. Usually, once the, there's more than two extensions, that could be a problem for the company and potentially very good for the employee. Can that employee be fired for cause during a notice period? Absolutely. So the same rules apply. Just like the company doesn't have a right to change your job uh, if you're on notice, you still are expected to do your job in the same way. So if you're going to do something horrible, something terrible, you steal, you, you hit somebody, you, you sexually harass someone, can you be fired for cause? Yes, you can. Absolutely. But keep in mind, there's the general rule with a termination for cause. It's very difficult to terminate for cause. It's the death penalty. So the fact that you may have done something wrong does not mean that the company can let you go for cause. If they do, that would be a wrongful dismissal. Going to take a short break, get into some emails. Uh, when we return for the last few minutes of the show, you'll want to reach out, help at employmenthour.com, 1-855-821-5900 as well. Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. The number to reach out anytime, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com employmenthour.com. Severancepaycalculator.com, by the way, is a wonderful tool that uh, over half a million have used and realized, hey, I'm being shortchanged big time on my severance. Go there, 
takes about a minute to do the entire thing. There's a contact button at the bottom to get a hold of Leora's firm. And there's also an employer mode if you're an employer looking to release somebody and you want to do the right thing financially. SeverancePayCalculator.com is a good place uh, to start. An email from Fern writes in, says, I've been put on a performance improvement plan for 90 days. If I do not complete everything on the plan, they will terminate my employment. The things they are asking me to get done um, are not all in my control. I have five other managers who report to me, and I've given them coaching and training, but they're not getting their part of the job done. And I'm the only one being put on a performance plan, uh, and my job is at risk. Do they have the right to terminate me without severance pay? Absolutely not. They don't. And what I would tell Fern is just like you've just told us in this email that the expectations are unreasonable and there's certain things that are out of your control and you're trying your best. You've, you've said that to us, but more importantly, you need to say that to the company. You need to put that in writing very clearly. Uh, here's what's happening. Here's why I can't necessarily do everything you've asked me. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best, but there's things out of my control. Because if you don't say anything, if you don't tell them why what they're asking of you is unreasonable, they can assume that you agree with it. Right. But it's as if you were saying, yeah, that's no problem. I got this. I'll, I'll take care of it. Well, if you can't do it, if it's unreasonable, if it's not something that, that makes sense, say so. But here's the thing. Even if Fern, because of his own doing, can't meet those, those targets or can't do everything that he's asked, for, asked of him, it does not mean that it's cause. Remember what I said before the break. It's very difficult, extremely difficult, in fact, to terminate employment for cause. The, the company would have to show that Fern is essentially going out of his way to do a bad job, not that hmm. he's just not as good as someone else. That's not cause. Could they let Fern go? Yes, they can, but they would have to fire him or let him go without cause and pay him his full severance. So Fern, tell them about your situation. Tell them why it's unreasonable. If they do let you go, remember, that would have to be a termination without cause. Uh, Go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much you're owed. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Uh, there's no way they can let you go without severance. But again, any anything he does back and forth with the company for this or any other matter has to be in writing, should be in writing, correct? Absolutely. It doesn't exist otherwise, of course. Right. It has to be in writing. It doesn't have to be a whole story, you know, 15 pages. It could be as simple as one or two paragraphs outlining very uh, professionally and, and politely what the issues are, what the concerns are. If you do that, you'll protect yourself, you'll, pr- you'll preserve your legal rights, and you'll make it that much harder for the company to even consider letting you go for cause. Again, it is help at employmenthour.com. Brian, you're up next. Says, I recently received a letter terminating my employment due to outsourcing my job. I signed a release accepting their severance offer. One week later, I received a call informing me that my termination was a mistake and they were rescinding the termination letter. Can they do this? I want the offer as presented to me. I'm not sure about that. Well, here's the thing, John. They, they, they can't do that because no more than he could say, oh, no, I, I, I decided I don't want what you've offered me. I know I've signed the severance papers, but I decided I'm not going to do that. You have to pay me more. It doesn't work that way. Uh, a severance agreement, which includes a release, is a contract. And once there's been an offer by the company that's accepted by the employee, there's a deal. And the company can't really get out of it. So if they've terminated his employment and they realize maybe they shouldn't have, well, unfortunately, it's too bad. They can absolutely hire him back if, if, if right. he agrees to go back there. Uh, but they can't say, no, no, just so you know, we're not going to pay you what we said we're going to pay you, what you've agreed to accept because we didn't really mean it. It doesn't work that way. If your employment is being terminated, just like you have to abide by what you agree to, the company has to as well. Now, the, the only thing I, I don't know in this situation is, did he in fact accept proper severance? That's exactly because he signed off on it. He signed off on yeah. it. It's possible that what he thinks may be a good deal may be pennies on the dollar. I don't know. He didn't give us details. Uh, 
So here's what I actually I would do if I was him. Contact me. Because if it turns out that he accepted a bad deal, why not say to the company, no problem. There's no deal. I'll come back to work. Understanding that later on, if they do let him go, now he knows how much he's owed. You don't want to be in a situation where you accept $10,000 in severance that should have been 50000 So can they get out of it? No. But hey, you may want to let them get out of it if, in fact, you're owed much more. So it is okay if he gives them the okay, says, yeah, it sounds great. I'd love to come back to work. Sure. Yeah, if, he, if he's happy with that, if he would rather do that, by all means, of course he can. And you, you and the employer can agree to pretty much whatever you want. They can't force the issue. Right. So I would start, if I was him, by going to severancepaycalculator.com, by calling me. Let's find out how much he's actually owed. Uh, and then go from there. Let's slide Anna's email here uh, with the last couple minutes. Anna says, is it possible to fight a dismissal for cause if you do not think it's valid in order to receive EI? So, yes, absolutely. So, you know, when it comes to employment insurance, usually EI is not going to pay you if they believe that you were let go because of something bad that you did, if it's your fault. Right. Yeah, is going to say, well, why are we going to pay you if it's your fault you're out of work? EI is there to, to pay you in situations where you didn't really have any control about you losing your job, uh, and, and that's why it's there for. So here's the thing. Uh, not only uh, can you fight that, it's on you to show EI what actually happened, but it's not just EI. If the company supposedly lets you go for a cause, they're obviously not paying you severance. So not only can you get EI, you can potentially get severance as well. Hmm. So that's why it's that much more important to get advice if you're supposedly fired for cause because it could impact EI, it can impact severance, it could impact your ability to find another job because they're going to ask why were you let go from the previous company. Right. We can essentially rewrite history and get your former employer to call this a without cause termination which will allow you to get EI, which will allow you to get severance, and which won't hurt you in the future. So very important to give me a call in that situation. You can deal with EI and certainly also get severance. Another brilliant week, and we'll uh, we'll leave it there. If you haven't caught the show, Monday Night's Live, Wednesday Night's Live, you get the weekend shows and Employment Hour in 30. That happens on Global TV and CTV as well. You want to reach out. Uh, Lior, member of his team, no problem, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. As always mentioned, we just mentioned it again, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what you were really and truly owed moving forward. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour on Global News Radio.